Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast all about preparing you for worship here at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael, and he's Kevin, and we're glad to be here with you. Absolutely, yeah. We Welcome in. Uh, grab your Bible, or if you're driving, uh, listen closely. Um, we've got a great passage, Michael. We're, we're into the series on Hebrews. We've made it to the end of chapter 4, and we're looking forward to this week to, to closing out chapter 4, getting into chapter 5. Kevin, this to me is one of the most encouraging passages of Scripture in the Bible. It is. It, it's got a beautiful couple of passages, a beautiful couple of statements within it that I think are very encouraging. They're, they're encouraging to me, and I think if we take it in context, they're going to be encouraging to others as well. I think so, too. I think so, too. And as, as we get to verse 16 here in just a moment, this really gets to the heart of what we're hoping to accomplish here with this project, with this podcast. Our desire is to encourage you in your preparation for worship this weekend. Uh, as our pastors preach on this passage, we find it very helpful to take some time to think about the passage, um, to pray about the passage, and then just allow the Lord to, to open our hearts and our minds to what He would teach us about ourselves, about Himself uh, in worship this weekend. And so I'm I'm just excited to to be able to explore this. Kevin, you want to want to read it? Let's let's go ahead and read uh chapter 4 verse 14 through 16 close out that and then start. Is that okay with yeah, you? Yeah, sounds you good? good. Okay. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think that verse 16 is really the one that speaks to us. There, there's more to come. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. So, you know, so at the outset, I want to say that if this is your first video, if this is your first pre-service video, as we've explored the book of Hebrews up to this point, we've really looked at the same thing from multiple angles. And here's what I mean by that. In the first part of the book, we explored how Jesus is, is better to the prophets, how Jesus is better than angels, chapters one and chapter two. Uh, through chapter three, in the first part of four, we looked at how Jesus is superior to Moses and Joshua. And today we are exploring how Jesus as our great high priest is better than the Levitical priesthood. He yeah. supersedes all of this. And so every one of these is really the same thing. It's, it's, it all has to do with the Old Testament law and sacrificial system. And so whether we're talking about the angels who were the, the mediators mm -hmm. of the law of, or, or Moses, who was the one that that God spoke to and gave the Sinai covenant, or as we're talking about the priests who were responsible for the sacrificial system and leading the people in worship, all of those 
deal with the Old Testament covenant and law. And Jesus not only fulfills all of this, but he supersedes all Absolutely. of this. Absolutely. That's a fantastic statement. And I, I think, Michael, when, when I look at this, one of the things that strikes me is when we talk about compassion and having compassion for you, the Lord having compassion for us, one of the things that strikes me is when the author wrote to Jewish Christians about them going back to their faith, he doesn't tear anything down. He doesn't attack it. He instead says, it may have been great. It may have been what God delivered, but Jesus is better. He, he doesn't go in and say it was wrong to do. It was bad at some point. He says, this was a great thing that we had. This is what the Lord did to reach us. But now we have so much more. In this case, we have a high priest who in every way has endured the temptations that you and I face. That that means something to me. He he understands those temptations, yet he is without sin. I'm not. Right. I, now, twice yeah. before in the book of Hebrews, um, the author talks about Jesus being our great high priest. If you go back to, I think it's chapter 2, verse 17. Let me scroll back there uh, and read that. It says that, therefore, um, he, let me, let me read it again. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Mm. Um, and then down in chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. So as we get into this passage, it just recognizes that since we have a great high priest in Jesus, what can we do? We can hold fast our confession, verse 14, and verse 16, we can with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Let me ask, first off, what confession is this here? Confession in whom? Well, confession that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's that's key. That's critical to us, right? That's right. The, the thing that the author was writing to those Jewish Christians was, don't let go of Jesus. I think this is true for us today. In in uh, 2022, where you know where we are right now, um, this idea of being spiritual seems to get a lot of play. But believing in Jesus as the one Messiah, the Christ, the God-man, that doesn't seem to get the same social acceptance. That There's something there that people don't like. And I think this to us, it's not lost on me that we should hold fast to that confession that Jesus is God and that his sacrifice was as the God who created us. He's our creator. He's our Lord um, and I think that that's critical for us to hang on to that. I would agree with that. You know, it's getting harder and harder to pretend to be a Christian. Yes, yes. I mean, it's it's becoming more evident all the time. Either you are, or you're, or you're not. And a lot of right. people will say, "Well, I'm Christian." I saw I saw a reel on um, on Facebook just recently, and and this person said, "Well, I'm a Christian, but I do these other things, and I live this way." And it's and right. and, and they went to describe a lifestyle that was just so anti what Christ would be about or stand for. Right. And I think, well, I don't want to be legalistic here and say that 
But the fruit that you're showing exactly. did not express what Christ would have us. It certainly and, didn't express what verses 14 and 15 and 16 in chapter 4 right. are talking about, of right. holding fast to that confession. And as complicated as it has been over the last couple of years with this pandemic, mm-hmm. we now, I would say more than ever, need this passage to be real in our lives. Yes. As, as we walk through things that are... Um, challenging. They can be complex. And understanding who Jesus is, let's let's keep in mind that when Jesus came and he was with the crowd on the mount, right, and he's giving them a sermon, he says to them probably what the Lord would say to us today, you've had my message delivered to you. You did not understand it exactly. Jesus said, you've heard it said, but I say. And then he clarified that. It's not just killing somebody. It's having hatred for your your fellow man. It's not just committing adultery. It's lusting in your heart. These things strike at the heart of God wants us to seek to be pure, to be in fellowship with him, not just to act like we're pure, but, but to desire. Now, certainly, we don't walk in our own righteousness. His righteousness was imparted to us, and he is alive in us. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You can do nothing except through me. Um, I, I think that we're critically tied to the righteousness of Christ and his power. But I do think that sometimes people miss that and they like the social title of Christian yeah. without having that commitment to the lordship of Jesus Christ and holding fast to this confession. He's God, I'm not. He decides because of his nature. And yet the thing, Michael, that you and I discussed before, and and I find it so encouraging, when we get down to, to 16 where it says we can draw near to the throne of grace, you know, I, I shared with you, I think sometimes in my life, I think with other people, when we think of an authoritative God, his authority exudes from him. He alone sits on the, the throne of creation and his authority is completely bound up in who he is. No one gives him authority. It says in the Bible that that all authority proceeds from him. When we think of that, that can be a dawning thought for a person who wrestles with sin. Right. I know I do. And the idea that I would come to the authority figure and say, I failed again. I've fallen again. I've, I'm struggling with this sin, Lord. That can be dawning in my mind, and I believe that there are those demons who would whisper into my mind and say, you can't possibly be forgiven. This is too much, and yet the Lord says, draw near. Have confidence that you can draw near to the throne of grace, receive mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. I think that was part of what we were discussing, being so encouraging that our God loves us. He desires us to come to Him, and uh, so hopefully— you know, for you all out there, as you read through this, that can that can seep in and soak in. So looking at verse 14, it says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. That's a phrase that just I've, I've, I've wrestled with trying to understand the meaning of that particular phrase. Where did, where did you land as you were studying this and thinking I, about I this? I think that is he's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And Jesus is sitting, waiting for the Father to say, it's now time. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that proceeds from him and his authority. We see in, in Revelation, not not to jump around much, but you know, we see that there are saints who are crying out to him, how long, O Lord, will you wait to avenge our 
our uh, martyrdom, in, in, you know, in your name's sake. How long will you wait? And here we have Jesus, you know, he's gone to, to be in God's presence, to be exalted when the Lord sends him back, when the Father says, it's now time. That's 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 the way I took it as well, okay. and that's what some of the scholars, this particular commentary out here that yeah. that I enjoy, um, what other was helpful in that? Um, that's that's where they led, okay. and as 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 I as I was thinking through this, is like okay, this this particular phrase in verse fourteen seems to relate Jesus to the Father. He has passed through the heavens as the Son of God, and because of where he is in heaven today we can hold fast to our confession. But Jesus isn't just in heaven. He tells us he's with us always, right? That's what the, that's what the yeah. gospels teach, that yes. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And in Matthew, at the end of the, of the book. Um, and because he is with us, and because, he, as verse 15 says, he can sympathize with our weakness, um, we, we, he, he understands us. Yes. We can relate to him. He identifies with us. He yes. relates to us. So he's not just with the Father, but he's also with us. Well, keeping in mind that from the last passage in verse 12, verse 312, where it says that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and, deter- and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. When we say he knows us, he knows us at the nth degree. He knows me in ways I don't know me. Things that I do and I look back and I say, why did I do that? He knows. And think he about understands. what that means as you're preparing for worship this week. He knows, as, as Kevin, you're talking about, but even in knowing us, he says you can draw near in confidence. Yes. And he you can draw near us. and receive mercy. You can find grace to help in the time of need. Yes. This is what he says in knowing us. And all of our flaws, that's available to us. I, I want to jump down into chapter five here and and you know I'm gonna skip over here. We'll we'll read how about uh five one through four. Yeah, I got it. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So we're talking here about a high priest of Israel. And verse 2, it refers to that humanly high priest, I believe, right? right. And it's saying that he, in this case, Aaron is the quintessential example. He was selected by God to be that high priest. It says that he can deal gently with ignorant and wayward people since he himself is beset with weakness. Now, in this case, we see that it goes on to talk about his sin, which Jesus did not partake in. But I think the analogy here shows us Jesus too was beset with the flesh. He he had to wrestle with that. But we know from an earlier portion that we've read tonight, he did not sin. But when he was appointed high priest, he also has a similar ability to connect with us and understand us and relate to us, even in our ignorance, when we don't understand him enough, even in our waywardness, his passion, his compassion is towards us. And yes. I think that's I think that's critical in this life. There will be a day when that opportunity has passed, but today is not that day. Right. 
I found it fascinating in verse four, it says that and no one takes this honor for himself. Speaking of the mm. high priests in, in back in the day, back in the Levitical yes. priesthood, yes. right? And then in verse five, it says, so also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I found it fascinating first that like the like the Old Testament Levitical priests, they didn't appoint themselves as high priests. Right. There was a process, there was a way. So also Christ did not exalt himself. Yes. This was what the Father called him to do. Yes. And we could probably delve in a little more. I, I would love talking about, you know, when 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 the Bible states that Jesus submitted himself, he mm-hmm. surrendered himself. How does God submit to God? You know, I mean, you start to get into that stuff. But and it's, boy, what a beautiful image that that paints, yes. that, that God, the holy God in Trinity, when he said, let us make man in our own image, right? And it says, before the foundation of the world, he had his plan. He had his plan set. The son had to come and be sacrificed as a perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. The Holy Father sat in judgment in his holiness, turned his back, placed all of my sin on Jesus. And then Isaiah says, he he was pleased to punish that sin in Jesus on my account. It it satisfied. He says he poured out his full wrath on Jesus. And, And I think... That is a beautiful statement that it takes a God who is so complete, who who is uh, so, he has three persons to take on all of those roles. In all of this, I never pay anything for it. I, I, I'm rebellious. I, I'm born with a clenched fist. I don't love God. He loves me first. He paid for the sin. He punished my sin right. in himself. It's it's just beautiful. It is, it is beautiful and it's fascinating. And and it goes into that, you know, when when we talk about he loves us, he desires us. Yeah. It it just leads into that whole idea of that's a God who craves my attention. Doesn't need me to confess anything to him. He he can forgive it, but he wants me to come to him right. on his terms and seek him. And, and so that's the nature of our relationship. And it can't be otherwise. That's that's just his nature of holiness. But no, that's great. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah. Well, I want to take just a minute, like literally, if we can do this in a minute, I think that would be helpful and, and address Melchizedek. Um, because this is one of the more confusing names in the Bible. We we only have... We see it a couple of places. Uh, yeah, in a couple of places, any reference to him. And it says that Jesus... Uh, in verse six, as he says, also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So we know from Genesis 14, uh, verses 18 through 20, that Abraham, after going to war, gave a tenth of his spoils to Melchizedek. Yes. And that's the only thing it really talks about, or the only thing it really says about Melchizedek back then in Genesis. But then again, in Psalm 110, we see another mention of Melchizedek, and that's the quote. That's the other place that the... Uh, I, 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 first off, I think that the author of Hebrews knew where that reference was, even Absolutely. though he didn't give it up. Yeah. Uh, he said, in another place. Uh, but it is Psalm 110, verse 4. And if you look at that psalm in its entirety, you see that this is a kingly psalm, talking about a future king um, and how this king would be a king priest. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about what it means to be in the order of Melchizedek, this is referring 
um, to in the nature of rather than in the line of. Yes, um, yes. We want to we understand that. We're not talking about that he's a descendant from Melchizedek no. or that he is Melchizedek reincarnate or anything right. like that. No. But he's in, in, the, in the nature of, in that. That type of. Yes, in that as Melchizedek was a king priest, Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. Yes. Now, there's more that could be said, um, but I believe that that's what this particular passage is, is really getting to. Is I agree, Jesus yeah. is our great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He's a kingly priest and will function um, different and above yes. the other high priests that were human yes. and temporary. Again, more could be said, but I think that's probably enough for right now. Um, but if you want to explore more of that, take a look at this commentary and some others out there. I don't know, Kevin, do you have any good commentary references? There, there are several. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with let's let's stay with this one for right now. All We've right. got it right here where they can see it. Yeah, we um, might we might drop some more. We could probably there. we could probably put a couple in some of the notes. I'm, I'm enjoying good. a. It's not, it wasn't a commentary that that Charles Spurgeon wrote, but it was more of a compilation of many things that he wrote on the book of Hebrews put into one book. That's nice. one I've, I've really enjoyed as well. And then uh, a couple of others that, uh, that we'll there talk are, about later. There are several that I enjoy spending a little bit of time in. Well, let's wrap up this passage. Kevin, you want to read 7 through 10? Let's do. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And I think it's probably worthwhile to touch again on the verse 9, being made perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that reflects back to... I think it's chapter 2, verse 10. I'm scrolling back yes. there right now, uh, which we've talked about before. You can go back and listen to our podcast on that. Which is not moral perfection. It no. wasn't that Jesus was lacking that. It, it means that his task was completed. He, he fulfilled he, the he process. He fulfilled that, yes, the prophecy about this. He he satisfied that. He completed it. Yeah, Jesus is, is complete. Yes. But he had to actually go through the steps and motions, the, the process yes. of completing that on our behalf. Um in verse uh, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So, so it was fitting that the Father, which I love this, it talks about yeah. here that the Father was the... Uh, uh, the one who the one who all things came through. In other yeah. places in Scripture, it talks about how the Son is the one whom all yes. things came through. You look in Colossians and some others, uh, the Father and the Son being one. Right. It makes sense, right? But the Father, it was fitting that He, in order to bring us to glory, yes. should make the founder of their salvation, that's Jesus, perfect through suffering. Again, made perfect as in completed. Fulfilled the process. Completed Satisfied. the process. Yes. Yeah, Jesus completed that process. He he was already perfect in his in his person, and because he did, he is a relatable great high priest for us. Yes, not a far away, distant someone we cannot connect to high priest. No. Very very present in our time of need, as this passage says. And we yes. we do hope that that as we've talked at length and in depth about this passage. We could say a lot more. A lot more could be said. You can go read some commentaries if you want to hear more and read more. Uh, but we do hope that this helps you understand this passage a little bit better 
as you are preparing your heart for worship this weekend. And now we do hope that you'll be a part of one of our services. We have a Saturday night service here at Silverdale. We have multiple on Sunday morning uh, at different locations and different times. Check out our website to find out about those, silverdalebc.com. Even a couple of online times. Yeah. And if you can't make it on the weekend, check it out in a rebroadcast. There are just so many ways that you can you can draw near to the Lord through our services well, here. And this whole series is available through through those podcasts, through those uh, those uh, videos. So spend some time with the Lord this week and enjoy Him. I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called the seven commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.